Yasmin in whom? The Supreme Personality of Godhead. Or the Supreme Place of Repose. Yata from whom? Everything emanates. Jena by whom? Everything is enacted. Cha also. Yasya to whom everything belongs. Yasmai to whom everything is offered. Yat which? Yaha who? Yata as Kurute executes. Kayate is performed. Cha also. Para avaresham of both in the material and spiritual existence. Paramam, the supreme. Prak, the origin. Prasiddham, well known to everyone. Yat, that. Brahma, the Supreme Brahman. Tat, Hetu, the cause of all causes. Ananyat, having no other cause. Ekam, one without a second. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. The Supreme Brahman, Krishna, is the ultimate resting place and source of everything. Everything is done by Him, everything belongs to Him, and everything is offered to Him. He is the ultimate objective, and whether acting or causing others to act, He is the ultimate doer. There are many causes, high and low. But since he is the cause of all causes, he is well known as the Supreme Brahman, who existed before all activities. He is one without a second and has no other cause. I therefore offer my respects unto him. Translation responsibly. The Supreme Brahman, the Supreme Brahman. Krishna, Krishna, is the ultimate resting place, ultimate resting place. and source of everything. Everything is done by him. Everything belongs to him. And everything is offered to him. He is the ultimate objective. And whether acting or causing others to act, he is the ultimate doer. There are many causes, high and low. But since he is the cause of all causes, he is well known as the Supreme Brahman, who existed before all activities. He is one without a second and has no other cause. I therefore offer my respects unto him. Purport. The Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna is the original cause, as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita, Aham Savasya Prabhava. Uh, even this material world, which is conducted under the modes of material nature, is caused by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, 
who therefore also has an intimate relationship with the material world. If the material world was not a part of his body, the Supreme Lord, the Supreme Cause, would be incomplete. Therefore we hear, Vasudev Savam Iti, Samahatma Sudulaba. If one knows that Vasudev is the original cause of all causes, he becomes a perfect Mahatma. The Brahma, the Brahma Samhita 5.1 declares, Ishwara Parama Krishna Satchidananda Vigraha. Anadya, Adya, Govinda, Savakarana, Karanam. Krishna, who is known as Govinda, is the supreme controller. He has an eternal, blissful spiritual body. He is the origin of all. He has no other origin, <coughs> for he is the prime cause of all causes. The supreme Brahman, Tad Brahma, is the cause of all causes, but he has no cause. Anadya, Adya, Govinda, Sarva, Karana, Karanam. Govinda Krishna is the original cause of all causes, but he has no cause for his appearance as Govinda. Govinda expands in multifarious forms, but nevertheless they are one, as confirmed by Madhvacharya, Ananya, Sadrisha Bhavad, Eko, Rupad, Ya, and Bedataha. Krishna has no cause nor any equal, and he is one with Sorry, and he is one because his various forms as Shramsha and Vipinamsha are non different from himself. Amagyan, Timadandasya, Gananjana, Shalakaya, Chakshurun Militam Jena, Tasmai, Sri Gurave, Namaha. Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapatantikam Vancha Kalpata Rubyascha Kripasindubhya Evacha Petitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Shiadvaita Gadadha Shivasadi Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So these are the Hamsaguya prayers. So in these prayers we're hearing uh, about Krishna's supreme position. It is important to understand Krishna's supremacy. It is important to understand his position. We're dealing with God here. Actually, Prabhupada points out in the introduction of the Bhagavatam, when the Bhagavatam is not about God. What is the Bhagavatam about? Yeah, Prabhupada said it's about the absolute truth. Yeah? Because it's not about God, because God is singular. God is one element of the absolute truth. No? But there is more involved no? because he is the absolute truth which means that when we're dealing with Krishna there are different mm, parts of him which are different from him but also the same as him. So uh, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu he rectifies everything uh, makes it all understandable by his philosophy Vachincha Veda Veda Tattva what does a chincha beta beta tatwa mean? Yeah, simultaneously one with, but different from everything. 
How can you be one with everything but different from it? Try and do it. Do it. Be one with everything but different from it. <laughs> you can't. Because uh, we are just anu, which means we're very small. Krishna is vipu, which means unlimited. So he is one with everything. He is the, the key rings. Uh, he is the door handle. And he is the uh, rock watch. Mm? He is everything. But he's also different from it. Yeah. So that is one with everything that is different from everything. That's what you're dealing with when you're dealing with God. So that is the absolute truth. Uh, Prabhupada explains to us in the introduction of the Gita that there are five subject matters in the Gita. So what are the five subject matters? So there's Ishwara, there's Jiva, there's Prakriti, right? there's Kala, and then there's Karma. So all of those things together, that's Krishna. Right? If you put all of it together, uh, then you're understanding Krishna. First is Ishwara. Ishwara means? Krishna, yeah. But what does it literally mean? Ishwara. Huh? No, Ishwara means controller. Isha means one who controls. Uh, so Krishna is the controller. What do we have control of? Yeah, not very much. Hmm? Like I can put the garland over here. Or I can put the garland there. That's about it. I've got more options as well. Yeah, maybe I've got 27 options. Or maybe 6,000 options. But still, it's, everything is limited. You are limited. Uh, you are limited. Uh, Krishna is unlimited. That is the difference. So Ishwara means controller. But if you're a controller, you have to be in control of everything. Everything, all the time, simultaneously. How can you do that? No? You have to be extremely powerful. That's Krishna. Mm? So Ishwara. Second subject matter of the Bhagavad Gita is Jiva. Uh, Jiva means? Yeah, the living entities. It means the minute living entities. There's different types of living entities. Krishna is a living entity, but he's an unlimited living entity, and we are just a very small living entity. Uh, so we are part and parcel of Krishna. We have the same constitutional makeup as Krishna, Krishna is full of eternality, knowledge, and bliss. We are also full of eternality, knowledge, and bliss. But we have a little bit, and Krishna has unlimited. Uh, that is the difference. Uh, Krishna is always happy. We are also always happy. Is that a true statement? Uh, if you say no, that means you are in Maya. Uh, if you say, I'm not always happy, that means you are in Maya. Uh, because you should be uh, full of ananda. Anandam buddhi varadhanam means unlimited, ever-expanding ocean of bliss. So if you're not feeling uh, an unlimited, ever-expanding ocean of bliss all the time, you are in maya. Uh, you are in illusion. It means you've forgotten who you are and what you are. Because Prabhupada is an example. He is a jiva. We are jivas. Prabhupada is a jiva. Right? But Prabhupada is uh, full of an ever-increasing, ever-expanding ocean of bliss all the time. Mm -hmm. It's only when you come in contact with the material energy and you identify with the material energy that you suffer. Yeah. That being said, even Prabhupada said this material energy was problematic. Mm -hmm. Prabhupada said uh, several times, he said, 
management gives me a headache. He said, when I write my purports, these are my transcendental ecstasies. Prabhupada felt ecstatic when he's writing his purports. When he's managing ISKCON, sometimes he said, it was a headache. Different devotees have told those stories. Tomorrow Krishnamara said one time he came in uh, to see Prabhupada, and Prabhupada was sitting, he was very, um, appeared to be depressed, uh, because there were some problems in ISKCON at the time. Right? Another time where Prabhu Vishnu Prabhu, he said he walked in, he said Prabhupada was sitting on the ground, and he was rubbing his head. And he said, Prabhupada, what is wrong? And he said, <laughs> he said more or less, the management is a headache. It is giving me a headache. Uh, another time he said to Harry Sori Prabhu, uh, uh, he got up, <laughs> no, he might have been sitting down also, Harris Prabhu was with him. Prabhupada said, I have brain fag. This was his terminology. Prabhupada said, brain fag. The brain is fatigued. <laughs> uh, you ever have brain fag? Yeah, one person, that's it. No one else has it. So. You get brain fag and you just, oh, too much. No? So Prabhupada felt like that sometimes. So even Prabhupada, who was a pure devotee, full of bliss, but when he comes in contact with the material energy, material energy is very powerful, very powerful energy. That's why in the, uh, uh, near the end of the Bhagavatam, right, in the 12th canto, you hear the pastime of Markandeya Rishi. Uh, have you got that yet? Your 11th canto? Oh, still 10. Okay, okay. Yeah, so when you get to 12th canto, you hear this pastime of Markandeya Rishi. And he has the desire that he wants to see the material energy, the devastation actually, the pralaya. Right? And then he's asked, Do you, is it, you really want to see this? And you really, he says, yes, I want to see. He has to go through seven pralayas, right? seven destructions. Right? And he's floating in the uh, ocean of destruction. Right? Have, have you, anyone ever been in that situation where you're stuck in a body of water somewhere? Imagine being dropped out there in Bass Strait. You get the spirit of Tasmania, you're halfway across, and you jump overboard. <laughs> right? Imagine that feeling. And the boat just kind of drifts off, and you're just being smashed around. Right? So uh, he was like that for seven pralayas, seven destructions, right? just being smashed around by the waves of the pralaya. Like, these are big waves. You know, sometimes you see footage of like, big waves out in the ocean, the ships have big waves. This is nothing like that. This is, these waves are kilometers high, right? huge, smashing like that. So he had to experience all that. So that's the nature of the material energy. Srila Prabhupada explains actually in the uh, second canto, in the beginning of the Bhagavatam, that uh, Brahma, when he appeared, he is Swayambhu. Swayambhu means self-born, self-manifesting. No, no mother and father, right? Just appears. So he appears on top of a lotus and it's dark so he works out it's a lotus by feeling around. He's feeling, oh it's a lotus I'm, I'm on a lotus right? and he's, he's bewildered what do I do? You know, what, what is all this for? Right? So he's swayambu and then a universal wind comes uh, Bhagavatam describes this huge wind comes and starts blowing the lotus like have you ever been in a big wind? Yeah, like big winds? Like really powerful winds where it's scary? Yeah? You've been? Yeah, like scary winds. I was in Mayapur one time. Uh, in Mayapur, the winds come. Like these, I don't know, what do they call them? 
those winds in India, they just come like that. We don't get them in Australia. So everything's dead peaceful, and then like within a second, this wind just comes and everything just starts. So I was walking back from over near the Goshala, back to the, uh, the temple, and then as I was walking across, this wind started, and you know, things started flying everywhere. You know, like uh, bits of tin and everything started flying. And I actually thought to myself, I thought maybe this is it. You know, maybe this is the end of the road. Because, you know, if one of these pieces of tin hits me, I can't do anything, I'm, I'm finished. So, uh, sometimes you get caught in these, these kind of circumstances in life. Right? So even Brahma, he was the first person in the universe. There was no, nothing there yet. Right? There was nothing there. That's okay. There was nothing there in the universe, but just this wind. Right? And, he, and it was... And Prabhupada explains that this is what the material world is like. The material world is like that for everyone. Even Brahma, he was the first one here, and he had problems. Right? Prabhupada came much later, even Prabhupada had problems. The Pandavas came. Sometimes people ask, why do the Pandavas have problems? Right? Because they had problems. Like, not like, imagine if your family members are trying to kill you. Imagine living with that. You know, you, don't, don't, you, know, you get a drink, and you don't know if you can drink it. That, that's what they were living with. You know, what, what do they put in the drink? You know, they're trying to be assassinated continuously. Imagine living in that kind of situation. Oh, happy birthday. You know, we've poisoned the cake. <laughs> that's what they did to Bhima. Right? Imagine that. Oh, happy birthday. You know, imagine one of the kids has a birthday. Oh, here, have, have the, uh, the cake. Uh, it's what's in it. Uh, carob, uh, cream, strawberries and poison. Enjoy yourself. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Please eat the poisonous cake. Happy birthday to you. And once you've eaten the cake and you fall unconscious, we'll roll you into the river. That's what they did to you. Bima, they rolled him into the river. That's their cousin. Mate, can you imagine doing this to your cousin? Right? Poison him and then throw him in the river. And then go home and say, oh, we haven't seen him. I'm not sure where he was. So he goes into the river, poisoned, unconscious, floats to the bottom. The Nagas come, bite him, and that neutralizes the poison. And then he wakes up, and now he's angry. And he's like, okay, this is not very nice. I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't poison you and throw you in a river. Right? But then the Nagas gave him eight pots of nectar, amrita. Right? And when he drank each pot, then what happened? He became more powerful. So he became eight times more powerful. So by the time he'd finished drinking the eight pots, he was as strong as 80,000 elephants. Right? So he became more powerful. Bhima was already powerful, and then he became more powerful. So he came out of the river. He wasn't happy. <laughs> right? So this is the point. The point is, and sometimes uh, people ask, why did the Pandavas have to go through those things? Why do they have to? They're pure devotees. Why do they have to go through difficulties? And in the Madhurya Kanambini, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says, <coughs> Krishna puts even the pure devotees through difficulty to set an example for us, for the sadhakas. Yeah? Because then, if you're having a hard day, right, you just think about Bhima, right? To say you're having a difficult time. Sometimes you have a hard day. Sometimes life is difficult. Is it? 
Sometimes, yeah. Even for kids, sometimes. So you wake up, you think, oh, today is difficult, it's so challenging, so many difficult. Just think of Bima. Your, your birthday cake wasn't poisoned, right? They didn't set fire to your house. Has anyone ever set fire to your house? Anyone ever set fire to your house? No. That's what they had to live with. Imagine that. You wake up and the house is on fire, right? And who did it? Your cousins, right? Imagine that, living, living with that kind of thing. You know, it's so many difficulties. They wouldn't leave them alone, right? Finally, they sent them to the forest, right, for uh, how long was it? 12 years? Yeah, 12 years, and then the 13th year, they had to go incognito. Go, go to the forest for 12 years, and even when you're in the forest, we'll harass you. Right? This, this is how nasty these people were, right? Go to the forest for 12 years, that's enough, but... We'll send Duvasa Muni, right, to harass you, right? Duvasa turns up, okay, I want lunch, right? And I, I've got 60,000 disciples and everyone is hungry. We're going to go and take bath. When we come back, we want uh, a good tali. <laughs> right? We want Rajborg, right? So then they left and Draupadi was very nervous, right? Oh, I'm, go I'm about to offend Duvasa. You don't want to offend Devasa. You know all the stories, right? If you offend him, anything can happen. He's not, you know, he's Ashutosh, a partial incarnation of Shiva, right? So sometimes he gives very heavy curses just because, you know, lunch isn't on time. You know, have you met people like that? <laughs> lunch isn't on time, they're big, heavy, <laughs> very upset. So, you know, Devasa is very uh, formidable. So then Krishna saved them. So, so Madhurya Kalambini explains why do even pure devotees go through these difficulties to set an example for us. Right? They stay fixed in devotional service because to do devotional service you have to be fixed, you have to be steady. Balaram Prabhu, who was the temple president here in Melbourne before Annie Ruta Prabhu, <coughs> he was upstairs with Prabhupada in Prabhupada House uh, one time and he asked Prabhupada, because devotees were taking second initiation. In ISKCON we call it Brahman initiation. So uh, he said to Prabhupada, what is the qualification? Because uh, he has to recommend people to take second initiation. What is the qualification for someone to take second initiation? Prabhupada said they have to be steady. Right? You have to be fixed in devotional service. Right? This is what it means to become an advanced devotee. Right? An advanced devotee means you are steady, you are fixed in devotional service. You don't stop your devotional service just because you have a sore finger. Right? I've seen devotees do this. Sometimes I'll oh, oh, my finger is sore. Oh, I can't do my seva. I can't do my service. Oh, I have a headache today. Oh, my back is sore. My knee. No. Everything is sore all the time. That's the material world. Right? Are you going to stop every time there's just some little... Uh, complication. I've seen so many do it. Oh, Prabhu, ring up. Oh, I can't do my service. What's wrong? Right? Oh, my finger is sore. Everyone's finger is sore. Right? Do your service. This is the point. Right? Advanced devotees, they don't stop their service. They're steady. They're fixed. Uh, stira. Uh, stira means? Hmm? Fixed. Like Yudhishthira. Yudhishthira, fixed. Someone is very fixed. That's how we should be in devotional service. 
not stopping service, then doing service, then stopping service, then having a holiday, and then, you know, it doesn't work like that. Mm. Devotional service has to be very steady. So why are these examples there? Why do the pure devotees go through difficulty? To set the example for us. We don't give up our service. The other day in Mayapur, they celebrated the 50th anniversary of... Hmm? Yeah, Radhamad, Chota Radhamadav. Chota Radhamadav, 50 years since they were installed. And it was also the 50th anniversary of Jananivas Prabhu and Pankajangri Prabhu worshipping them. Right? 50 years. Huh? Hands up if you've done anything for 50 years except be alive. <laughs> Hands up if you've been alive for 50 years. I think there's only four of us in the room. 50 years? Huh? It's like one of the four Kumaras here. <laughs> Yes, 50 years. <laughs> right? 50 years. Right? Who sticks at anything for 50 years? Right? But you have to stick at bhakti for it. Janani Prabhu has been head pujari of the same deities for 50 years. Right? That's bhakti. You go to Mayapur, sometimes you meet pujaris who have been pujaris for 60 years. Same deities. I think I've ever met 70 years. Imagine that, 70 years. That's bhakti. That's devotion. Not the, uh, uh, you know, serving, not serving, serving, not serving. So, you know, what is that? That's not seva. Uh, how does Krishna feel? Oh, Krishna, I need a holiday. Uh, I need to go away. Uh, I will stop serving you now. No, it doesn't work like that. 50 years of seva. That is bhakti. No? Bhakti Sarantasar is what Thakur said, Prabhupada's Guru Maharaj. He said, everyone else can leave, but you stay. Right? Every one of us should feel like that in our devotional service. Everyone else can leave, but I will stay. Right? So imagine if everyone left now, and I was the only one here. So I'd have to dress all the deities, wake them up, cook the milk sweets, wake them up, right? offer the milk sweets, do mongalati for everyone, dress everyone, right? Run out and do the fruit offering, right? come back, go out and cook breakfast, come back, do the artis, come back, put all the clothes away, do everything, wash all the paraphernalia, start cooking Raj Bog, do the arti, offer the boga, do it like that, put them to rest, wake them up, dress them, you know. You would leave your body. <laughs> physically, you can't even physically do all the service, so much service you can't do it. But Prabhupada said, or Prabhupada's Guru Maharaj said, everyone else can leave but you stay. That's bhakti. Okay. No, we don't recommend anyone leave. Uh, stay here forever and serve Krishna. Don't go. Just stay here and serve Krishna for the rest of your life. Uh, that is bhakti. But if you want to go, okay, you go, but I'm staying. That is devotional service. Mm-hmm. So that's why in Bhagavatam there are difficulties. Right? Even Prabhupada had difficulties. You know, Prabhupada was in the car accident in uh, Mauritius, right? It wasn't like, you know, sometimes we think, oh, this is just, but no. Prabhupada was actually um, shaken by that. Uh, one of the Madhajis, uh, one of his disciples said, but when he got to Brindavan just after that, you know, he, you could still, he was still shaken. You know, he was speaking to everyone. He, he lifted his dhoti up and he showed them his knee. 
And he said, he had a bruise on the knee. And he said, oh, I was in the car accident. And, you know. The material world is a difficult place. Uh, but did you ever see Prabhupada give up his service? No, he did not give up. Even when it became very difficult, he did not give up. In, uh, if you re read Lilamrita, in um, Los Angeles, Prabhupada was there. This is, um, like it would have been 1969, I think. Right now, it's 69. Yeah, 69, going into 70. So very early, but there were problems in ISKCON. Four of the prominent sannyasis uh, had become contaminated by Mayavad philosophy. And it was actually a problem in ISKCON. Prabhupada's trying to get ISKCON going, and then some of the sannyasis started getting, preaching Mayavad philosophy. Some of them started saying, oh, Prabhupada is God. Right? There's a problem, right? And then it caused, it caused quite big problems. And Prabhupada spoke to them in different things, but it got to a point where Prabhupada was actually feeling, uh, I suppose we could say, like depressed. Because he's trying to do all this preaching, and this poison of Mayavad philosophy was beginning to cause problems. So then Tamal Krishnamaras came to see Prabhupada. And he walked in and he said Prabhupada looked, you could say, like depressed. He was sitting behind his desk and he was looking unenthused. And then uh, Tamal Krishnamaras said, Prabhupada, what's wrong? And he said, you know, he said, the poison has entered. And he said, Prabhupada, what do you want to do? And Prabhupada said, I want to leave. And he said, Prabhupada, where do you want to go? And he said, take me away. He said, far away. And Tamal Krishnamaras said, New York? You know, fly across America. He said, he's, Prabhupada said, it is not far enough. <laughs> and he, he said something else. He said, no, some other place? Prabhupada said, no, not far enough. All right? And then Prabhupada said, India. India. Right? So Prabhupada left and he went to uh, Dwarkadish, uh, the deities, uh, Rukmini Dwarkadish, the deities in Los Angeles. And he prayed to and he actually said to them, he said, uh, you have given me such a nice temple, right? and you've given all this, and now you're taking me away. He said, I do not understand your plan. Why is all this happening? So Prabhupada got on the plane with Tamal Krishnamurti and a few others, and they flew to Japan, right? stopped off to see Dai Nippon, the uh, uh, publishers of his books, <laughs> and there was a whole pastime <laughs> which took place there. They got there, and they had to uh, print Bhagavad Gita's uh, so Prabhupada got there, went into the uh, meeting with one of the representatives of Dai Nippon, with Tamal Krishnamaraj. And then Tamal Krishnamaraj and the, uh, the representative of the company were having a debate or an argument about the price of the printing. <laughs> so Tamal Krishnamaraj was saying, like, way too low, the price. Whatever the price they said, he, like, halved it. It was a ridiculous price. And then the man was saying, no, and he was saying, no, please, you can't do this to us. And so they're having like this debate. And then finally in the middle, Prabhupada comes in as if he wasn't involved. And Prabhupada says, I've heard both sides. We will settle on this price. So he got like a lower price. Like that. And the man was so worn down by their debate that he said, okay, uh, we'll have this price. They, they had the, uh, uh, the, their pastime of getting the books printed. And then they flew to Calcutta. Uh, and then when Prabhupada got there, then he asked for maybe 40 disciples, Western disciples, to join him. And then Prabhupada understood that that was... Because after that, from 1970 onwards, Prabhupada spent nine months a year in India. 
Right? He only came out once a year, did a three-month tour, went around and thrusted all the temples, and then went back. And he spent most of his time from 70 to 77 in India, establishing Juhu, Brindavan, Mayapur, and the other places. Right? And then when uh, uh, the deities in Mumbai, in Juhu, what are they called? Rasa Bihari, yeah. Rasa Bihari, you know, there was a huge fight, you know, with uh, Mr. Naira, uh, who was the, he was like the Kamsa in Prabhupada's pastimes, he was. When he passed away, Prabhupada said that was the best fight. That fight went for two years, <laughs> it was a big battle, many pastimes. Uh, we could say many things about that, that fight. So Prabhupada had to fight for the land, to get the land back for two years. Finally, he got it. And then when the deities were there, Rasabihari was there, Prabhupada said to the devotees, I could not understand why Krishna made me leave Los Angeles. But he said, now he has given me a more beautiful temple. Right? And if you go to Juhu, have you been there? Juhu? Yeah, you have to see it. You have to see it. You've been there? Yeah, Juhu. It's amazing, huh? Yeah, it gave me an understanding of what opulence is. Yeah, when I got there, I thought, okay, now I understand what opulence is. Like it is an opulent temple. Uh, so, uh, Prabhupada, you know, Krishna took him away from one thing and gave him something even better. Uh, so the point is, in the material world, there are going to be problems. If you think things are going to be easy, you came to the wrong place. Right? You know when you enter a place, there's a sign on the door. It says, okay, you've arrived at this place. So when you come into the material world, what is the sign which is on the door as we enter through? We leave Goloka, right? we pass through Brahma Jyoti, we go over the river Viraja, and then we go through ego, mind, intelligence, ether, air, fire, water, earth, as we're coming in. So what was the sign? Do you remember the sign as we came in? You don't remember because it was so long ago you forgot. But there was a big sign there. It said Dukalayam. Ashashwatam. <laughs> it said, this place you're entering is Dukalaya. Huh? Have you been to the Himalaya? You haven't been to Himalaya? Yeah. Have you seen them, Himalaya? Sometimes when you fly from Delhi to Calcutta, I was flying one time, you look out the window and you see Himalaya. Right? They're just same height as the plane. You know, you're flying past and it's just like these mountains. Himalaya. Krishna says in Gita, right, of immovable things I am, Himalaya. You really get an understanding of this. Like it's, they're powerful. So, uh, Himalaya. Dukalaya. Dukalaya means you're in the place of misery. Dukkha. Uh, welcome. You've come to Dukalaya. You've come to the material world. It's full of misery. Enjoy yourself. And when we get here, you know, when, if you've been on holiday, sometimes you go to Bali or something, so everyone gets off the plane, everyone's like, oh, you see everyone's like, oh, we're going to enjoy ourselves, oh, like that. That's what we're like when we get to the material world. We arrive, get off the plane, and we're like, oh, but, you know, we're, we're so puggle, right? We're so crazy, uh, we forgot that it said on the sign as we went past, Dukalaya, right? This is a place of misery. We get here all enthusiastic to enjoy, and then there is no enjoyment. What happened? Burujan Prabhu was saying in one class many years ago, he said, 
You see people in their 20s. You know, when someone's in their 20s, they're very like, enthusiastic. Come on, let's do something. Go on. And when you get to the 30s, right, it just starts to wind back a little bit. And when you get to the 40s, right, it's start like the uh, air is being let out of the tyre. Right? It's, like, it's not kind of working anymore. <laughs> get to the 50s, everyone's like a little bit more sober. And when you get to the 60s, then it's kind of like, you know, you start, you know the, the bike is starting to fall apart. Right? And then you get to the 70s, hopefully you're holding it together. 80s, it's like, you know, everything's like, well, if you get to the 90s, you know, good luck. Right. If you get to 100, the Queen will send you a letter. Right. Or soon it will be Prince Charles, he'll send you a letter and say, congratulations. You know, now you're really suffering. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I am 100. <laughs> I am 100. Right. And if you get to 110, that's a miracle. If you're 330 years old, then that means you are, uh, you'll turn up at the, uh, what do they call it, the Kumbh Mela? Uh, Prabhupada says when Prabhupada was there in 77, Prabhupada went to Kumbh Mela, he said there are sages there who are 400 years old. Uh, he said they, hop into, they live up in the Himalaya, they get into the uh, Ganga, and then underwater in a few moments they travel, and then they come up at Kumbh Mela, 400-year-old sadhus. Uh, so that is a different thing. That is like a whole other level. But generally, you know, if we live to 100, that is exceptional. But it, it is Dukalayam. Right? It is a place of suffering, this material world. Right? So what do we do about the suffering? Right? We have to follow the formula. Right? We're stuck in the material world now. We're a big problem. Now we're stuck in the material world. We have to get out. How do you get out? Right? If you have a disease, how do you cure the disease? Right? You need two things. Good diet and medicine. Hmm? Just like I had COVID uh, 10 days ago, right? But my test kept saying negative, right? My wife and I were negative the whole time. My daughter was positive. So I think I had it because she's positive. I'm living with her. So I think I had it. I didn't feel very good. Uh, but it kept saying negative, negative. But anyway, I think uh, so. Then diet and medicine. Uh, so Jamuna Jivan Prabhu gave me this medicine, uh, Ayurvedic medicine. You take it, and it cures the COVID. Right? Didn't work for me, but <laughs> he said, take this, you will feel better the next day. Didn't work, but anyway. But it was okay. I don't, I don't mind taking the medicine. But you take medicine, right, and you follow diet. Right? If you're sick, you have to do those two things. So Prabhupada says, we are in the disease of the material world. We are in avidya, right? Ignorance. So what is the diet? Prasade. Uh, you have to take prasad. Uh, Food, which is offered to Krishna, that will cure your disease. However, Prabhupada said, right, not too much prasad and not too much rich prasad. Prabhupada came in 1972 to Sydney, right, visit, and the devotees were eating halava for lunch every day, not just halava, not, ju not, not just halava, Hare, not just halava, but halava. They were taking prasad and then halava lunch every day. And Prabhupada said, stop it. He said, once a week. That's why we have Sunday feast. Sunday feast, eat whatever you want. Rest of the week, rice, dal, sabji, chapati, Prabhupada said. Right? And then Prabhupada left and they kept eating halava. Right? They didn't stop, but anyway. But that was Prabhupada's instruction. 
We have to follow Prabhupada's instructions. Because if you follow, you'll be healthy. The body is healthy. So you have to have prasad. That is the diet. Right? It means not too rich prasad either. Problem in ISKCON is prasadam is so rich. And this particular temple is a blessing if you serve in this temple. But there's also challenges because the prasada is very opulent. And that will affect the health. I think most of us have experienced over the years. Health is affected, actually. Prasad is too rich. Leela Gupta came here. He's a very famous Ayurvedic uh, practitioner. His father, uh, Narottama, he actually was Prabhupada's Kaviraj. Right? Actually, so, so Leela Gupta, he came here, and when he saw what our breakfast was like, right, he said, it is too opulent. And he said, you cannot control your senses. He said, you cannot put all this in front of the devotees and say, now don't touch it. He said, that is not possible. So he said, you should have more uh, sattvic, more healthy uh, prasad. So we need good diet, which is prasad, and then we need medicine. What is the medicine? Yeah, it is. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Ram Rama, Hare Hare. This is medicine. If you take this medicine, it will cure your disease. Uh, so this is the diet. So you chant the Hare Krishna mantra, you take prasad, and then you'll go back to Goloka Vrindavan in this lifetime. It is possible. It is possible. Prabhupada actually said to Guru Kripa Prabhu, one of his disciples, he said, if my disciples just chant 16 rounds a day and follow the four regular principles, at the end of this life, they will go back to Godhead. Prabhupada said that. So if we are very steady and fixed, there's a very good chance we can go back to Krishna. Because actually we're seeing Kali Yuga is becoming a little crazy. Right now. You don't believe me? Huh? Kali Yuga is crazy? Just look at the news. Do you ever look at the news? Huh? This world has gone crazy, mad. Huh? Pramata. Right? The whole world has gone crazy right now. I've never seen it this crazy in my life. Right? This is the craziest I've ever seen it. I've been here 52 years. Uh, same as Shane Warne. Right, 52 years. He's born 10 days after me. Right, same age, same place. We were both born in Melbourne, 10 days apart. He left his body a couple of days ago. World has gone crazy. Uh, I've, never, I've never seen it like this. Right? So what, what are you going to do if the world is crazy? You have to take the medicine and the diet to get you out. Prabhupada said... Actually, in Kali Yuga, it's very difficult. Like Prabhupada said, just chant 16 rounds, follow four regular principles. That's not easy for people in Kali Yuga. That's not an easy thing. Now, we're doing it because you know, somehow we have you know, some ability to do it. But you know, for many people, that's a very difficult thing. But if you can at least come to that level, Prabhupada said, you can go back to Godhead in this lifetime. Okay. No more Dukala Yama Shashwatama Ki. All right, go back home, work to Godhead. Any questions or comments? Anything we discuss? Yes, Mataji. No what? Every day. Every day. 
forever and ever 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 for every single day for eternity Nanda Maharaj is his father and Yashodamai is his mother never Have you heard of the word achintya? You know this word? Have you heard of it? Achintya? You know, like achintya rupa? You know, achintya rupa Mataji. You know who she is? Yeah, achintya. So this word achintya means inconceivable. Do you understand that word? Inconceivable? It means <coughs> something that doesn't make sense. It's that, but it's also that. How can you be big and small at the same time? That doesn't make sense, right? You're either big or you're small. So Krishna is so small, he's inside every atom. That's how small he is. He's so big, everything is inside of him. How can you be that and that? That's inconceivable. You understand? Yeah, so that's Krishna. So how can he be the origin of everything, but he has a mom and dad? How? Inconceivable. So when you come to Krishna in the morning and you take darshan, just put your hands like this and put your head like that and say, I don't understand what you are. I don't understand who you are. You're too powerful for me to understand. You're the smallest, you are the biggest, all these things. But I love you. And I just want to serve you. Can I do any service? Yeah? And Krishna says, no problem. I have seva. Hmm? Get me some ladu. Or Krishna says, make me one lassi. Like that. So he, he will give us seva. He will give us service. About what he is, then you can't understand it. He's too powerful. So. Any other question? a devotee don't cooperate uh, follow Gandhi uh, how did Gandhi get the British out of India what was his motto no cooperation right he stopped cooperating with the British we're not going to cooperate with you anymore right and the British had to leave understand right so when you join ISKCON Prabhupada says you declare war on Maya you understand? So Prabhupada said, when you join ISKCON, you're ISKCON devotee? Yeah, so now you've declared war on Maya. No cooperation with you. We're not cooperating with you anymore. We live the way we live. We serve Krishna. We're not going to do all of your crazy things. And then if we set good example and preach, spread our message, people will join us. That's all. Make sense? What do you think? What sort of a question is that? Who would ask, who would ask that sort of question? 
Is it easy to overcome Maya? What does Krishna say in Bhagavad Gita? Uh, Mama Maya, Durachaya. Krishna says in Gita, it is my Maya. Durachaya means very difficult to overcome. Krishna's God himself says so. How can you ask that question? Is that he, Maya is too powerful. Yeah, Maya is very powerful. Maya is very powerful. You don't, you don't have to worry about anything. You just heard the class. You heard, heard some of what I said. <coughs> just chant, take prasadam, and go back to the spiritual world. Right? Just keep it simple and do it. You'll go back to Krishna. Right? Will you struggle along the way? Yes, you'll struggle a lot. Yeah, I've, been doing, I've been doing this for a number of years. I struggle all the time, but I keep doing it. Right? So just keep doing it. You'll go back to Krishna. End of story. Okay. Okay. Any other questions? Okay. Srila Prabhupada Ki. Yeah. Yeah.